You're now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. What's up, Republic fans? Welcome to the Sacktown FC podcast. I am John. I'm joined with my co-host, Luis. Luis, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. You know, enjoying here a uh, late evening over here in uh, northern Florida, over here in Jacksonville. So, yeah, I'm ready to talk about the game on Saturday and upcoming game. Awesome. So, Luis, being in Jacksonville, you, you probably won't be as loud and vocal. So just bear with us. We'll do our best. Um, so we have a lot to discuss this evening. Um, heading into match day two against Vegas, uh, as we head to the state of Nevada and play a team that has the same record of us, um, with a draw, zero wins, zero losses, and one point. Um, oh, and don't forget, there's 17 different uniform combinations. But before we get into that match, um, we want to be able to take a minute to recap the FC Tulsa game that we just played. You may have listened to our match day special. We had Austin Gwynn from the FC Tulsa um, team, and he stated that we needed to watch out for DaCosta who scored, and Sean Lewis, who had himself a gem of a match with some fabulous saves in the first 10 minutes alone uh, to keep the team in the game, that team being FC Tulsa. So you may have seen my recap on Facebook, but uh, let's get into this a little bit, Luis, and, and talk a little bit about the game um, in and of itself. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we could start, you know, like before the game too. I mean, I know, uh, you know, Sally, I wasn't at the game last Saturday, but I heard, you know, great stuff about the the pregame tailgate with the TBB and Los Unicos. Uh, how was that? Like, I mean, I heard there was a mariachi too. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. Uh, the vigilantes were there from Fresno. Uh, Unicos, Unicos was uh, down from Reno. The TBB was there and La Banda was there as well. And they had a mariachi band playing before the game, which was kind of cool. Um, and all these groups were in full volume and it sounded beautiful throughout the match. They actually did a really good job of, of being um, cohesive and working together with pretty much everything. So that was kind of cool. I have a question for you, uh, John. Did uh, Danny live up to the expectations or what was your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, Danny Danny lived up to the expectations. Um, he was still playing at halftime when I walked, when I marched over there to do the uh, halftime recap. He was uh, still playing, so I didn't get a chance to, to run up in the stands and grab him uh, just because of the time frame. But it was uh, the, the entire groups, everybody together. It was it was a great atmosphere. I mean, you had uh, 11,569 fans who were there. And mm-hmm. in terms of the total voice, I think they did a really good job of working with the crowd and getting everybody involved and invested um, in that. So it was kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just seeing it on TV and – you know, seeing all those uh, pictures there and, you know, all the lights and the fireworks, like, it looked, it looked pretty amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was excellent. They did a really, really good job. Even pregame, you know, I'm over in 206. It's, you know, the, the stands that are on the sidelines, they're not as loud and as bolsterous as uh, the supporter section, but you could tell people were starting to get involved. And I think one of the things that, TVB and everybody else needs to start thinking about is maybe finding ways to incorporate the fans who aren't a part of the supporters groups, find a way to get them involved to seeing to kind of make it like um, almost as though everybody else knows the words and, and is along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, based on like past experience too, like they, they sometimes print out like little piece of paper with like new chants. So, you yeah. know, get, get people to, to do more of those chants and to join in. Uh, I think at one point they printed out some uh, actual, like, sheets with, like, some of the chants on them there, too. So I think that might be one good way. And, you know, they might just have to also give out some of those handouts to people in, like, other sections as well. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be, my, uh, that'd be my one suggestion uh, going forward, just to see if we could get the whole stadium rocking as much as they rock um, throughout the game. So the game ended in a tie. Um, I mean, it's definitely not, you know, anywhere near what we predicted last week. Yeah. And it was was a sad one because, you know, it's one of those games where we fought 
we played much better than they did, but you know, at the end of the day, they had their chance and you know, they they scored their goal. So yeah, I mean, one one is not the pictured result. It really isn't, and um, we should have walked away at three points, in my opinion. But again, you know, Austin said Sean Lewis was a goalkeeper to look out for, and, and he was phenomenal. Uh, especially in the first, you know, 10 minutes. Again, it was like the guy could, he had, he was a brick wall. Uh, we had multiple chances to take the lead and he really did a, he solidified himself and made some excellent stops to, uh, to keep his team in the game. Um, you know, and there, was, there was three chances in particular in that first 10 minute period that he saved. And, and so, that that would have changed the result right away. Uh, 38th minute, Cam missed a great chance in front of net. Uh, ball came in and he just he just sailed it over. Uh, you know, even even he I think was disappointed because a finisher hits that. Uh, even on the bounce that it came in, I think he could have he could have done a little better with that with that last touch. But that's okay. And then the 68th minute, uh, Villian got kind of a lucky little bounce off of. It looked like off his back leg, uh, got in on net. Lewis came out to the about the six, and Villian just blasted one. I think he was going top shelf, but he mm. ended up putting over the pushing it over the bar. So those were your opportunities for the for the most part of the rest of the game. Uh, and yeah, you know the the biggest ovation reception was Roro making his return to the game in the 69th minute uh, for Panagos, and the the crowd was was ready for that and that was kind of cool to see yeah i i can imagine that too i mean seeing it on on tv you know i was like wow you know roto's back and it's you know it's great to see him back you know and it's and it's going to take him you know maybe some time to you know get back into a full form but you know it was great to see him out there i know he had an, an opportunity a little bit after you know he came in not actually not too i think probably like five or ten minutes after he he came in too and you know that it was a really good chance. Sadly, you know, he couldn't get it, but, you know, hopefully he finishes those in other games. Yeah, you never know. Uh, you just hope that next time it, it doesn't happen and he's able to, to get some stuff done. Yeah, and, and I think with, you know, with time, he's going to, he's definitely, you know, going to get back in form and, and be, you know, be at his, at his full potential. Yeah, it takes some time, uh, especially from a knee or, or any lower lower body injury. Uh, that's what you use. So hopefully he's able to take those those you know about twenty minutes and and start using that to his advantage to get get ready for the next outing, which could be longer, uh, depending on on what his legs are looking like and, and going forward. Yeah, and then you know a little. Shortly after, you know, like towards the end of the game, I think it was like 10 minutes before the end of the game, 11 minutes before, um, De Costa, you know, who, like you mentioned, we had talked, like, who was their, you know, main star pretty much for last season, came in. Yeah, nine goals, 13 assists. Yeah, he came in, he scored a goal, and uh, I don't know, our defenders look, just did not look great. Like, he just, he got ahead of them, and, you know, Grinny couldn't do as much because, you know, he was <laughs> right in front of him. So, yeah, it was it was a shame. And, again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, like it it was really one of the few opportunities they even had, like in the second half. Yeah. So kind of sad. I mean, lane, yeah, lanes were filled all game. They were they were intercepting passes. They were, were making sure that they didn't have that through ball. Wheeler had five interceptions on his own. There's no telling how many they had as a, as a team. But – that one moment, that one lack, that, that lackadaisical moment, they played a, a pinpoint through ball that went past five players right into the path of DaCosta, who just slotted it home, uh, five holing, um, Grinny, and tying the game. And at that point, it was like, man, it, you could just feel, you could feel the deflated, like, image. I, I, I just was there, and, and I just remember, like, oh, man, really? You played this well, and this is this is this is what happened. Like you had one letdown, and, and it goes on. So, in the end, we had nine, uh, 16 shots. Eighteen of them, or eight of eight of those sixteen were on target. Tulsa had four. 
So put that in the they had four shots whole game. Mm. The press was working. If we could just finish our chances though, that's the that's gonna be the major difference in each of these games as we go forward, especially with Vegas coming up, who plays a similar style um, as Tulsa. We have we we have the ability to to move on and, and do big things. Yeah, you know, it just you know, it just has to serve as a as a lesson, you know that like we you know we have to take advantage of those chances and finish them otherwise you know this can happen again and it, you know it could even be a loss as well too so you know i think it's it's something that like it's it's a takeaway i think you know from this match that you know always finish your chances because if you don't we're going to see you know goals scored against and and so yeah. hopefully that, that you know they got a lot from this game yeah, I mean, we had we had ten created. We had ten chances that were created through this game. So, if we're creating ten chances a game, uh, we should be able to to slot home at least two of those chances, not just one. And it comes with time. I, I get it. You know, we had a we had a thin roster that night. The only person that I saw on the injury report though was Gomez, and we didn't see Belmar. We didn't see Vermella. Um, and we even left a sub in the pocket. So we didn't even use all of our subs. We used two of the three. So there was, there was a lot there that you're, you're just – you're kind of scratching your head like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. you know, I understand Belmar has an injury now. Um, I still don't understand what's going on with Formella. But these are all things that, that happen, and we just have to make sure that we're ready for, for every – next guy up, next man up. Right, and we we play through it. One of the things that five thirty eight said about us was that hey, they were they were impressed that we were able to win back to back um, preseason games with two completely different rosters. So we have an we we have the ability to do so. We just have to have to finish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's that's the one one thing that we need to make sure that happens. You got to watch the game on TV. I didn't. I didn't watch. I was there. I, I did watch highlights. Uh, was there any player, or any group, any individuals that you saw that stood out to you? I was pretty impressed, you know, seeing like two of our academy players, you know, and uh, Mario Panagos and uh, Hayden yeah. Sargis, who, you know, he, he put him in the starting 11 and you just could not tell it was their, their, you know, their very first, you know, debut game, especially both of them being in the starting 11. So, you know, I think that's really impressive because I think all the other players, like, you know, we saw them um, perform, I think as usual, but seeing two Academy players just, you know, step up, you know, they've been given the opportunity to start in the, you know, opening match. It's just you yeah. know, amazing. It's amazing to see them, you know, already starting to have that confidence. Um, another player that stood out was um, Sam Warner. Like he had opportunities, sadly, you know, he, he missed uh, them, but, you know, he's he's going to, you know, start getting that confidence. And, you know, it, I think it only takes a goal for him to, you know, start to pick up and, you know, be, if not, you know, better than the Sam Warner that we saw last season, you know. So there's there's a lot that I think he's he's going to do this season for us. That'll be, that'll be good. I think that will, will serve a great purpose. I, I also thought, you know, Sargis and Bonagos did a really good job um, being in being the first team, essentially, really their their that was their first opening match, right? So mm -hmm. the stage is a little little brighter, um, the crowd is a little louder, the stadium is a little, got a little more people in it, and it didn't seem like it was too big of a stage for them. So that was kind of cool and, and unique to see. Um, and the team itself, they didn't have any letdown. I mean, yes. Okay, they scored a goal and it was on a through ball. But at the same time, I don't think there was a letdown. It was just a positioning issue. But they pressed. They they did everything they had to do to create chances and get um, and try to get another goal. It just didn't. It didn't. You know, come to that. Yeah, I I, I mean, I would think you know, like if if we took any positive things out of that, is that you know we dominated the match. You know, we had much more opportunities than they did, and so. You know, again, as we say, you know, it's only a matter of time, you know, before they start finishing more. And the moment they start doing that, then, you know, I think, you know, we, we're going to have a really good team this season. Yeah, well, and a lot of the other issue, you know, when you have a good referee, the game is different. 
this referee on Saturday night was garbage. (laughs) Absolute garbage. And he had a chance to, to rein the game in early by calling a few fouls, you know, ticky-tack or whatever it may be, but he didn't. He let them play, and then it got to the point where it was too physical for him as a center referee to, to control, so he got yellow card happy, and he started handing out yellow cards over a 10-minute period, and then the game kind of found, a, found its pace again, and then he, he just was, – it wasn't the same. The game itself was – the players didn't play as though they they trusted him as a center that he was going to protect them and and so you know tackles were were at least for the for Tulsa you know you could see that they were going to push every every bit of it because they knew what he was or wasn't going to call and it worked to their advantage at times yeah i mean i would also add to that too like there were a couple of bad offside calls and you know being in the stadium i know it's kind of hard to to see, but yeah. watching it on TV and seeing the replays, there were like two really bad ones, like really bad. Like you just, I don't know, hard to believe that they call them as uh, offside yeah. because like it was, yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> Where's VAR when we need it? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when USL can can add that, you know, like even if it's yeah. just, just give them access to the TV broadcast. I mean. <laughs> That's Something, <laughs> but that's all right. So post game, uh, Coach Briggs said that one that the team is one point better off than when they started the night. So coming in, you got a point. That wasn't what he wanted. Obviously, from talking to him, he seemed a little a little disappointed. He thought they could they could pull the full three out, as did everybody else in the stadium. Um, he thinks that the team could have been more clinical in front of goal, and had they been, um, the game would have been a different result. And I, I agree uh, with him 100% on that because, again, you had the 38th minute, just a little touch um, from Cam, and then Villian in the 68th minute maybe got could have taken an extra touch, maybe an extra two touches to, to get in there and, and do something with it. But, again, first game, you, you, you take what you get, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, you know, I thought that video shot was going to be another golazo. <laughs> when yeah. I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, he was so close to, you know, scoring another amazing one. So a few takeaways, um, you know, standing-wise, I know it's really early, but we're seventh in the table with five other squads, including Vegas. Uh, power rankings came out as well. We're still in sixth. 538 kept us there. Uh, they said that, we knocked on the door consistently against Tulsa, but couldn't get the second goal to put the game away. The number of quality chances that were created will be a silver lining to a home draw. I don't, I don't see that as a silver lining. No matter the chances, you got to finish. You have to, you have to seal away, especially home wins. Um, any opportunity you get in front of your home fans, you should be wanting to win. Yeah, silver lining would have been like a, a one nil or like two one win (laughs) so we got vegas on saturday uh saturday for those of you who um, are able to attend in granite bay uh corey ponds new glory eatery and tap room uh is still going to be hosting a watch party started at 6 30 um and i know that the tvv will also have one at the vice brewing company um that day as well. So there's two watch parties that you can attend again, the one at device with the TVV and the Sac Republic or Sacramento Republic one that is going to be at new glory eatery and tap room in Granite Bay. It's cool. You know, it's cool to see like different watch parties and hey, that's amazing. And, you know, good to see him putting different places, you know, especially, you know, in different areas and, you know, um, some are more convenient um, for some and some for others. So, you know, it's good yeah. that they, they do different ones. So. so Vegas comes in with a record of zero wins, one draw, zero losses. And this is the second year of former U.S. international and San Jose Clash member Eric Walnalda, who is their head coach. Uh, this is his second year in charge of Vegas. And they're hungry to show they are a team to be feared uh, in the Western Conference, not just because they're the Oregon Ducks of soccer, 
with their 17 uniform combinations. But uh, last year they had a 10 point improvement from the team uh, when Eric Wynalda took on the role as the manager for the club. Yeah, I mean that last season they, I mean last season they were just five points away from, you know, being in the playing round. So, you know, yeah, they they, they were getting better. So yeah, you never know what to expect with that team. <laughs> yep. So this past weekend they uh, drew with San Diego. Um, Junior Burgos, uh, who is one of their internationals, scored a just a screamer that looked like it came off of off of where the boot meets the ankle from about 35 yards and just drilled it in the upper left corner. It was, you know, Eric Wijnaldum said after game that was the best uh, goal he's seen live in his entire career, and that's not mm-hmm. that, that's saying a lot. Yeah, especially from you know a guy like Ronaldo that I'm sure he's he's seen a lot of amazing goals in his career. <laughs> yep. So they had two good chances after, or two good chances. One turned into a goal from Junior Burgos. Another one was uh, a set piece that hit off the post. But the the match against the Loyal was uh, otherwise underwhelming um, of a match to watch and recap. So that will be uh, it. Will be interesting to see what happens this weekend. We'll get more into predictions uh, here in a little bit, but for the most part, I, I feel as though we can we can go in and, and and control this game. Very similar style from uh, FC Tulsa. They're going to be on their back foot a lot. We just have to make sure we uh, we can capitalize on our chances in front of net. Yeah, I, I, like you know, we said earlier, that's that'll probably be the main key in this game as well too, and. You know, if we capitalize them, then I think, you know, I see us winning pretty, pretty easy. Like, I think that they they should learn from the past game. And if they, you know, correct those mistakes, then, you know, I, I will get a win away. That'd be nice. I, I think an away win would do would would do a lot here going forward. Uh, one of the things to think about is that Vegas did a really um, their off season was about recruiting defense. And to shore up the defense, they added two players in Del Campo and Mural, who I think add a lot of um, experience and physicality to that back line. It'll be, I think, something that we should watch out for, definitely, um, especially you know when you're dealing with experienced players too. Um, I was going to say, you know, um, if we look at last year, I know that the last time we visited Las Vegas, we actually lost 4-2. So definitely you know um we, we have to really make sure that they do score on those chances because if not then hey we we got four scored against last year so let's hope that that yeah, and, repeat and with their with their team okay. so i'll give you some insight into del campo and mural uh del campo went to davis he appeared in 70 games for uc davis um all the way to 2014 and his last big stint was with fresno fc where he played defense, he appeared in 63 goal, uh, 63 games. He was uh, on trial with the Galaxy when he turned pro. He he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot to him. Uh, there's a lot to his game. He's he's capable of doing um, a lot for the defense in terms of just a big body. He's six foot three. He's got some size to him. I think he could be he could be somebody that you know. At 26 years old, he can he can cause a lot of damage in the back and and shore up that back line. Yeah, which you know will make it tougher for us. So you know, again, if if we have those opportunities, then we have to make sure we take advantage of them. Yeah, and his his partner next to him is Jordan Mural. He's 26 years old. He's five foot ten. Um, he spent some time in the youth academy for Toronto FC. He's played for Reno uh, and he played for the Real Monarchs. And this is his first season with the Vegas Knights. So internationally, he's a Canadian international. He's not gotten capped by them. He is a U23. He did play in the U23 system um, with the national team for two games, but has uh, no senior appearances um, for Canada at this time. The team that he spent the most time with and he's gotten the most appearances for was uh, Reno, where he had 47 appearances. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, as we know, you know, the Reno teams have, have been, you know, pretty competitive in the past. So, you know, yeah. definitely one to watch out as well. It'll be interesting to see. I think for them, for the most part, it's a matter of um, just continuing and growing into a into a position. I mean, they're still projected to come in towards the bottom of the conference, but that can change. I mean, soccer is a funny sport, man. Anybody can can uh, can do great things at any time. Schedules can always, you know, help play a weaker team here and there to get some confidence and and grow from it. So. You know, Vegas could be could be a hard team to look out for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, all it takes is one goal scored, and especially if it, they're the first to score, then they can they can have a lot of confidence. So we need to make sure you know we we take lead first, or you know, try and do a repeat of that friendly against the Monarchs. Yeah, um, you know, five thirty eight put out um, some information for us as well to look at in terms of who to watch out for. And their watch out player was uh, Yami, Con- Yami Connie Chester, uh, an attacking midfielder who played sparingly for North Carolina FC last season. He appeared in 21 games, scoring five goals in those 21 games. So if you do the math on that, um, his goal rate is a goal every 194 minutes, and that's as a reserve player. So if you can give him some run, that number can be really, really impressive, especially if you're scoring a goal every 194 minutes. That's every, you know, what, game and a half, mm-hmm. um, game and a quarter. So, or two games and a quarter, sorry, because you got 290 minutes, so that's 180. So, yeah, you know, two and a quarter games, you're scoring a goal. That's pretty impressive. And I think that would that would serve any team, you know, well at any point. Yeah, definitely one to watch out for because, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting match too. So, yeah. But their their big gun is, you know, Junior Burgos. Uh, he is an El Salvadorian international. Um, he's had twenty two appearances for El Salvador, scoring two goals. He's got experience. I mean, you you name it. He's been it seems like everywhere from San Francisco to Chicago Fire U23s, to Toronto FC, to Atlanta, to Atlanta United, to Reno, out to New York, and then now back out towards Vegas. So it's crazy to think that this guy has been everywhere. He's 31 years old, um, and again, he scored an absolute screamer um, against the Loyal. He's very dangerous. He was dangerous all night. He had good control of the ball at his feet and an understanding of how to get the ball where it needed to be and then find space in order to create chances for himself and others. The way he played the game was was extremely, extremely um, impressive because he was able to find space all night, it seemed like. So this actually might be an, an interesting matchup, too, especially if uh, Barona is in the starting 11 to you know, see two you know, national players for El Salvador to, you know, be playing head to head, you know, like we, it can be good or it can be bad for us to, you know, depending on who understands more of, you know, each other. So it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup to see. And, you know, hopefully we, we see it in the starting 11. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you just don't know. Uh, our starting 11 could change. I, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen the team sheet. Who knows what happens um, or who's out. Formella, what's what's up with Formella? Is Gomez back? You know, where's where's Jordan? Um, you know, we missed missed his speed a little bit the other night. So, just a lot of things that I that are just funky right now that we need to we need to get a either answer to or just find a way to get get through it for the time being. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we need to get through it if uh, they're out or if you know there's there's another reason why maybe they can't be at the game on that day. So. So predictions, um, what do you got? Um, I'm going to, you know, put it a more even matchup than my uh, last prediction, but I'm going to say that we, we get a win and it's a 2-1 win with uh, them scoring first, but, you know, us doing a comeback again, you know, similar to the friendly against the Monarchs. And uh, I got um, 
our podcast magic guest, uh, Billy and BJ scoring one. And then second goal, I got Ormella actually scoring the second goal. He actually comes back and, you know, he, he comes back and scores the second goal in the starting 11 as well. I think we find our footing this game. I, I think last game was that there was some jitters uh, playing at home first game. The pitch, you know, still wasn't 100% looking. Weather was a little different. I think we go out to Vegas. I think Cam scores a goal. Warner scores. And I think Roro scores. I think we score three. Um, And then with that three, I think the defense doesn't have a lapse this time. I think, you know, the only real chance they had was off a set piece. And Burgos' goal, that was a screamer. I don't think that that flies with our midfield. I mean, especially from 35, 40 yards out. So I think we go in. I think we go to Vegas and come out uh, victorious with a 3-0 win. Oh, yeah, that'd be that'd be really great, especially if Roro scored again. That that would really help boost his confidence a lot. Yeah, it would. Um, it's just a matter of, of making sure you, you tidy up and you finish your chances, right? You're, as what Coach said, you're clinical more clinical in front of goal this game than you were the last. Yeah. When it comes down to it, yeah. Like, you know, we've said it a couple of times already here, but, you know, that's that's really how it is. And I hope that, you know, in practice this week and, you know, in the next, you know, practice sessions that they had before the game that, you know, they practice finishing a lot and just, you know, keep on practicing. You know, like they say, you know, practice makes perfect. So, you know, they, they just, I think they just need to really practice more of uh, finishing and, you know, we'll, we'll get it. I'm confident, you know, like this team is really good. And, you know, you just, you just gotta, you know, let us score. And when we start scoring, then you'll see, you know, we're, we're going to be really confident. Yeah. So uh, Monday, um, we had two of our players and, and participants from the TBB uh, for a great cause down at the Veers um, bar, our Irish pub uh, in Sacramento um, for St. Baldrick's, which is a, a, great cause to help end child uh, cancer. And the idea is that people go and, and they either a, get donations or, you know, pitch in by shaving their head. And we had two players in Grinny and Scundrich, uh, our goal scorer from last game on Saturday. Uh, they both ended up shaving their lettuce for a great cause. Uh, pictures have uh, been online. There's been a lot of social media presence about it as well. So um, thank you guys for, for taking the time to do that um, and shaving the lettuce for, for a great cause. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's been one of those events that, you know, our players have, or some of our players have been a part of in the past couple of years. And, you know, it's really great, you know, to see our players, you know, being a part of that. And, you know, really the, the team, you know, again, showing that, you know, focus on the community and, giving back to the community. So, you know, really awesome to to see the players take part in that event. Yeah, I was, I was disappointed because somebody posted on our Twitter feed, hey, should John go shave his beard? Uh, I unfortunately did not get to make it down to the event. Um, so I think we'll, you guys, you and Danny will need to put a poll up to decide the fate of the beard and whether or not the beard goes as part of the uh, St. Baldrick tradition. Yeah, or... We can also maybe do a poll on on where that happens, right? Maybe at a game, maybe or? a game or or Saturday, maybe even bring yeah. the Clippers down to New Glory and and shave the shave the face lettuce, the facial lettuce off, and we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll we'll put a a poll up uh, tomorrow morning too, and and see what what everyone decides. Maybe give everyone until Friday, Friday night, maybe. There, there we go. That works. Go put a Friday night poll up. We can do that post uh post podcast here so um social media we got a lot going on on social media guys we just set up a facebook page uh to help us a little bit more as we are trying to establish some merchandise and some opportunities to uh get some stuff out to you guys to help provide a little bit more for the podcast get us a little bit more um get more equipment and really build this uh platform uh, that we are so grateful to be a part of and evolve as we go with you guys and the community of uh, Sacramento. Cause we think there's an opportunity for 
for everybody to to do some great things and so we're really excited about that opportunity yeah it's, yeah we're really excited and you know looking forward to to you know what merchandise we we can come out with for you guys um let's let's look at some of the questions that our audience uh, has asked us john so on twitter uh, craig geo asks who is your favorite former Sac Republic FC player who is currently playing elsewhere or retired? What do you think? So I have two. I have one for playing elsewhere, and I'm going to say uh, Tommy Thompson, who is currently playing uh, for San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, he was a great player, man. He brought a lot of spunk, a lot of spark, a lot of excitement uh, to the team uh, during the time. He still does as a player for the, for the Earthquakes. He, he's a fan favorite. And does a lot of great things. I think that that makes it uh, makes it that much more um, makes it that much greater to know he was a part of our program as well. And my other one for retired is uh, Moffitt. And the reason why I chose Moffitt was because of his um, his academy that he has here in Sacramento. He has found a way to um, make Sacramento a home. And I think anytime you can do that. Uh, is just amazing because there's just so much that you can you can give back and i found, think he's found his way not only that he's from glasgow scotland where my my grandmother um and a lot of my family is is from where they're from so it's kind of cool to to have him uh, still in our community doing great things for our youth yeah for for retired you know i, I would probably say you know moffat too and you know Probably just to, to add to that, you know, like you sometimes see him, you know, commenting in, in uh, broadcasted games too. And, you know, really great to, to see him contribute to, to the team in that way as well. Um, and favorite player who is currently playing elsewhere, I'm going to go with our goalkeeper from last season, and that's Josh Cohen. Um, you know, tons of amazing things to say about Josh, you know, like, you know, he helped us, you know, in so many games, you know, I remember, you know, a bunch of different amazing saves, especially in that Open Cup game against LAFC. So, you know, great, great goalkeeper and, you know, amazing person as well. I, I got to meet him at one of the Meet the Player events too. Yeah, good guy um, and even a, a better person, uh, especially in our community. Gabe from Twitter asks, the Republic held possession for 50 54% of the match against FC Tulsa, who played a compact bus parking counter-attacking style, a style that Vegas seems to play um, as well. Do you foresee the team altering the lineup to garner more control of the match? So I think, so Gabe, think about this. You, you have 54% of the possession, and a lot of that possession was from clogging lanes, taking away uh, passing lanes, pressing, fifty-four percent um, is a great is a great possession percentage. Would you like to see more? Of course, you want to see more because that means you're killing the time, but you're also killing time, which could potentially take away from you getting chances because you're passing the ball around. So, I think having that fifty-four percent is is great. I want to see them continue with that percentage, you know, range of let's say 54 to 58%. If you're able to keep that, I don't see a reason to alter your lineup. Your lineup's going to be altered when you get your guys healthy. So you're bigger, you're, you're stronger, you're more um, seasoned veterans. When they get healthy, you're going to see that lineup altered just because of that. And you're going to see a difference in about four to uh, so, say four to 8% in your, in your possession. So right now, I don't see them altering the lineup to get more control of the match. I think they did a fair enough job as it is. That will change, though, when guys get healthy. So when, when we get everybody back to full speed, 100%, you'll see some altering and you'll see some possessions um, percentages change. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that I wouldn't see them altering the lineup. I mean, in this past game, we, you know, we, we didn't have a bad game. It just, you know, we just didn't finish those opportunities. So being that Vegas actually plays similar to FC Tulsa, you know, I, I think it would work out to stick with the same. And, you know, just again, as we mentioned a lot of times already, just make sure that, you know, you finish those opportunities created. 
Um, and then Martha asks, uh, what happened to Formella? He played well in the last preseason match and didn't play the opener. We, we understand. <laughs> we, we were as perplexed as you, uh, Martha, with that, with that idea and that comment. Um, we didn't see him. Uh, what happened to him, I don't know. The only player that we had on the injury report for the media was Gomez. And that was the only um, one that we'd seen. It was interesting because I, I follow uh, Carlton online and he, you know, he, he had a picture with his brother and it almost seemed as though he was trying to explain he wasn't playing somehow uh, and he didn't play. He wasn't even on the bench. And I don't remember or recall uh, if Formella was even on the bench that game. I need to look at my notes, but I don't recall him being on the bench um, as an as a sub either. And remember, we left one sub in our pocket that game as well. Yeah, I, I don't I don't recall seeing him either too on there too. Um, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting, you know, like why he wasn't on on there on the substitutes. So. Um, I mean, at the same time, I think that, you know, this season we, we have a lot of great players. So I think, you know, we're going to see each of the games that we might be missing, you know, one or two players that, you know, we, we could easily see in the substitutes. But, you know, when you have a, a really good team, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, we might see. We might see that happen. So that that could also be another thing, you know, it could have been just the tactical decision on you know who who made it out to the bench and sadly you can't have the whole team there so that that's my thoughts on it too yeah I didn't I, I don't I see him on the match report but I don't see him on the on the 18 uh 18 list for for subs and or even the the bench list so I don't know yeah. hopefully, so like, hopefully everything's good with him and he's he's able to to play in the match against Vegas yeah, like, I mean, if we, if we look at the bench, and I have a list here of the bench, uh, you know, we had Thomas uh, Hilliard, we had uh, Roro, we had uh, Ash, um, Julian Chavez, uh, um, Jaime Villarreal, uh, Aris Yang, and Diego Ramos. So, so you know, we, we had, you know, good players in the bench, too. So, it you know, it you know, may have been, you know, a tactical position, too. Yeah, but he was, he was the hot hand in a... Uh in the uh, opening, but to not have him on your, on your bench. I mean, you had two goalkeepers and you had, you know, you had the, the young guys, uh, Villarreal and, and Hillard Arce. I, I just don't know. I, I, I can't imagine you leaving him on the bench or, or not in the lineup unless he's injured or picked up a knock in training uh, before, because he had such a good, a good preseason run. So it's frustrating to not get that uh, match report or get that injury report um, for Carlton or even for Mella if he is in fact injured. Yeah. I mean, unless it was for like another reason that, you know, they just don't want to mention. So Maybe. That, that, yeah, it could be that too. I mean, cause it, like you said, it's kind of strange why, you know, if he'd be injured, like they wouldn't say like he's injured or, you know, maybe if he wasn't feeling good, they would just say, you know, like he, just wasn't feeling good, you know. If it was like a case of like the right. common cold or something, so. Well, yeah. hopefully he's he's up and running for uh, the game against uh, Vegas this coming weekend. Yeah, from the Facebook page that we just put together um, again, in order for us to kind of put ourselves out there a little bit more. Uh, Daniel asks, on a scale from nine to eleven, how much <laughs> fire did the Tower Bridge Battalion bring? Well. Daniel, it wasn't just TBB. You had Banda, you had the Vigilantes, you had Los Unicos and TBB. And I don't know if you can even scale the fire that they brought for their intensity and the, the play and the music and the chance that they brought. You're going to make me choose a 9 to 11 when there's, you know, a lot of other numbers that is higher. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to have to say it's further than 11 because they brought it. And for the opening match, it, it sounded good. Luis, what about TV? Could you hear them over the uh, broadcasters? Yeah, you, you could definitely hear them too. And, you know, I'd probably say, like, they, they brought more fire than the fireworks show that they did at the end of the game. Did you stay for the fireworks show? No, man. I had I, – I actually uh, 
my son had a friend over, so we had to get back to the to the house so he could spend some time with her before they went to bed. And I went to downtown Roseville that night, so mm. had to get away for a little bit. Oh, okay. I yeah. wanted to go down to downtown Roseville to celebrate a win, but I, I was celebrating a draw. Yeah, you know, I guess at least we didn't lose, right? We were celebrating that we didn't lose. <laughs> But we we shouldn't lose not to Tol not to FC Tulsa, but that's okay. That's a different oh, yeah. story for okay. a different conversation on another day <laughs> when Austin comes on and we can we can have a good conversation with Austin and and actually put his prediction out there for him. So on Instagram, you know, we had a question from Zach. He asked, um, "How do you think the team will fare throughout the rest of the season?" I mean, all signs all signs point to uh, fine. I, I think again. A lot of people were were disappointed uh, with the result of in the draw of one one, but you don't have your full lineup. You didn't have everybody. You you couldn't bring Carlton off the bench. You didn't have Formella, and I think those two alone change the mentality of the game. You have Roro, you have Vill, uh, Villarreal. So you have all these guys. You have all these assets that you can you can plug and play who can do great things. I think in terms of the rest of the season, yeah, we're going to drop points. That that's that's understandable. We're not we're not Liverpool. We're not you know the Arsenal team with Thierry Henry and all them, uh, the Invincibles as they were known. We're going to drop points. Uh, we'll we'll still finish in the top four of the Western Conference. And so I think you know Zach, young guy, you got to you got to calm down a little bit. Um, they'll fair that they will do. They, they will do enough damage this year to solidify getting to the playoffs. And then once they're in the playoffs, it's a whole new season. We saw that last year. We've seen that in years past where you don't have to be the, the high seed to win a game. You just have to come in at the right time with the right intensity to, to alter and change things. So don't worry about it, man. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. And you know, we saw it last season too. Like we, you know, we made it all the way to the uh, conference semifinals. And, you know, we, we weren't, like, in the, you know, direct playoff spots either, too. So, you know, you just, like you said, you never know, you know, how how things will be. But, you know, I think right now it's probably a little too early to to really see exactly, you know, how the team is going to be playing in the season because, you know, we've only seen them once. So, you know, I, I think after maybe um, seeing, like, five games, we might be able to, have a better idea, you know, of how, how the team is. And, of course, you know, seeing a complete team like you mentioned too. So we can get a better idea of, like, the overall performance of the team. Right. And just, again, it's early. It's one game. It's not the season. The season's not over. It's just now starting. We moved to match day two against Vegas coming up on Saturday. So um, I think that, that – concludes tonight's podcast uh, of kind of a recap and a preview. So we want to take the time right now to say thank you guys. Um, we were able to recap FC Tulsa match. We uh, hope that you take a little bit away from the Las Vegas lights, uh, you know, prediction and pregame conversation that we had. I hope you are able to see who we were talking about in uh, Yamikani. Chester and Junior Burgos, and that you're able to see kind of the match unfold uh, as we've hopefully pictured or painted the picture for you. Uh, I will be there on Saturday at uh, New Glory over in Granite Bay at 6:30 uh, for the watch party. Luis, I know you probably won't make out the make the drive out this way, but um, I know you'll be watching at home as well. Maybe we can do a Facebook uh, live at um, halftime or even an Instagram live to, to kind of recap what, what we saw on the, on the TV. But yeah, I, I thank you guys for everything you do. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um, spending time with us in these podcasts and your comments. Because it only makes us better. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to make us uh, feel a part of this community. Yeah. You know, like uh, drilling into to John's comments too, you know, like the, thank you guys. Like it's, it's such an amazing feeling, you know, to, to, you know, be able to, you know, view the, the metrics of our podcast and see that more and more of you are listening to us each day and, and all that. In fact, uh, we actually just passed the mark of 500 total listens all across different um, platforms. 
and we are actually almost at 100 subscribers. We're at 98 currently. So, you know, we really appreciate you listening to us each week, you know, whether, you know, it's on your way to work, it's on your way back home from work or on your way to school or, you know, any other occasion too. Like it's, it's awesome. And, you know, we we're really, you know, grateful for that. So I know one of our, I know one of our, one of our listeners uh, actually listens during third period while playing uh, games like Minecraft. So um, it is a, it's unique. It's, it's a good core. So um, if you guys um, don't follow us on social media yet, we are actually at Sacktone FC on Twitter, Instagram, and actually now on Facebook, right, John? Yeah, on Facebook, we are the Sacktown FC podcast. Uh, you can follow us there. Uh, it's actually a page. So you just like the page. You can interact with us there. We also have the group, too, that you can, um, you can request access to as well. And those are linked up to help make it a little easier on the merger. Yeah, and that group, you know, is quickly growing. We're at about, um, I think it was, what was it, John, members that you 100, saw? 119 um, uh, people are involved in the um, Sacktown FC uh, Facebook group. So we thank you guys for being a part of that. Please keep those questions coming on social media. Work with us in the polls when we put them up on Twitter. Uh, you know, we're on YouTube as well uh, for a page. If we can get 100 subscribers, we can do more live videos at the matches uh, where we can interact with you guys a little bit more and get you guys involved uh, at that level as well. So we're trying really hard to uh, get out there for you, to do a lot more with you so that you guys can be a part of uh, what we're building and, and make it something special. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time to send us those comments, pressing the like button, subscribing, giving us five stars and being, being a part of what we're building. We really, we really thank you for taking the time out of your day to help us. Yeah. And then if, if you guys want some uh, podcast stickers, um, I think, are you going to be bringing them to the event on Saturday? Yeah, I'll have the uh, stickers with me on Saturday. I'm also passing them out. Um, you know, as we go, people, uh, outside of outside of the stadium are, are always asking so uh, it's been it's been kind of cool so we'll, we'll keep making sure we get stickers out to you guys because who doesn't need a sticker for their hydro flask or their yeti right yeah <laughs> especially a sacton mc sticker too so no, that's be, right be sure and, get one. yeah so make sure you ask because uh, i know with uh, los unicos danny's actually got him in spain he's got a few out in new york uh and didn't you see one out in modesto I saw one that looked like it too. It was like behind like a truck. So I want to say it was his. It looked just, I don't know, it just looked really identical with like the star in the middle and all that too. So we'll, we'll say it's his. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you guys. Um, hopefully, we'll see you out at New Glory um, or even out at the park uh, on the 25th against Reno. Should be a good time out. So until next time, from Luis and myself, have a good evening. All right. See you, everyone. Cheers.